Well, good evening, good evening. Let me try that again. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. There you go. Well, let us all stand. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. What a glad you are here. I want to welcome you and also want to welcome our online students. If you're online joining us, we want to welcome you uh, this evening. Uh, let us welcome our even our, our, our special uh, guests, our our speaker for the evening is Reverend Sherry Palmer. Uh, she's pastor of Golden Church of the Nazarene, and she's here with her husband. So let's welcome her. Welcome, Sherry. She's going to be bringing the word. Our chapel theme comes from Matthew's Gospel. And the, and the theme, our theme for the year, focuses on Christ's call to come and follow me. And so as we pray this evening and as we sing, as we look into God's word together, and reflect on Christ's call, I encourage you once again to open up your hearts and to how God wants to speak to us once again this evening. Let's, let us pray. God, thank you for today and thank you, Father, for the snow. Thank you, Father, for the cold weather. Thank you, Father, for the moisture. And thank you, Father, for uh, being with us in our classes already this evening. And I pray, Father, that you um, just um, embrace us with your love this evening. As we focus on you again, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we just want to offer ourselves to you once again. God, we pray, Lord Father, as we um, look into your word, Lord Father, open up our ears and open up our hearts, God. May we respond to you, Lord Father. Well, good evening. How are you all? Cold? Um, as we were coming in, um, I, I'm impressed to see such a good crowd here because as we were coming in, my husband said, you know, if you are ever going to skip chapel, you would do it when it's really cold and when there's a woman speaking. Um, hopefully you will find that, it's, that it benefits you to be here tonight. I feel very privileged to be able to speak to you. The Spirit of God is here, do you agree? Yes. So um, it's an honor to share the Word. Um, and I'd like to get right into it, if that's okay with you. Uh, tonight we're looking at Mark 10, verses 17 through 25. Uh, you may not quite get the connection right away. Uh, when I found out that the theme was about being fishers of men, I, I instantly knew that this is the passage that I needed to share with you tonight. So if you will give me some time, I promise I will loop it back around and I will connect the dots, okay? But it's Mark 10, 17 through 25. And I know that you spend all evening in class reading and studying and asking questions and stuff like that. But if you would like to, uh, you can read out loud. And then when you're sick of reading, somebody else can pick up for you. And it'll also be on the screen for you this evening.
disciples were amazed at his words. And Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it's living and active. We thank you that it can speak to each one of us. I pray, Lord, tonight that you would open our eyes, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our ears, that you would encourage, that you would uplift, that you would challenge. In Jesus' name, amen. Any of you fishermen? Okay, okay. Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong as I, as I go through the, these few points here. Um, I went fishing once in my life. I was in junior high. We were on a teen trip, and the youth sponsor thought it would be cool to teach some of us to fish. So I remember being out at the end of a long dock, and there sat the lake. And he put that fishing pole in my hand and taught me how to cast a line. Well, I, I should say he tried to teach me how to cast a line. And I, I, I went like that, and my, my movement's probably all wrong, isn't it? Um, I went like that, and I, I squinted, and I looked at that water, and I couldn't wait to see it fall in, and it didn't fall in. So I did it again, and it didn't fall in. And I did it again, and it didn't fall in. And I would guess probably half a dozen times I tried to cast that line. And the last time, I really thought I got it. And I looked out, and I squinted in that water, and I knew that it was there. And then I looked beside me, and it was hanging right next to me. I decided on that day to give up fishing. I decided it wasn't worth it. I decided I didn't like it. I decided it took too much patience. I decided it was too hard, all of those things. But as I've done some research to find out about what a good fisherman does, or fisher lady, fisherwoman um, does, I've, I've found out a few things. And I'd like to share them with you as we start today. If you will give me a few minutes to go through these, and then I want to get to the real heart of this text, okay? The first thing you have to do as a good fisherman is get your um, computer to work. <laughs> Go where the fish are, correct? You know, the Gospel of Mark is all about the way, the path, the journey, the life. He jumps right in at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. There's no little infant Jesus. Oh, he's so cute. No, no, no. He jumps right into the life of Jesus. And Jesus was about following the Father to places where his life could intersect with others. You remember John chapter 4? 
You remember Jesus stopping at the well because he was tired because it was noon? Remember how the scripture says, and he had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go through Samaria. Any Jew who was any kind of Jew would never go through Samaria. Jesus had an appointment. Jesus was following the Father. Jesus was going where the fish were. And in that instance, he gave that woman who was thirsty, who was mistreated, water, living water. If we want to be good fishermen, we have to go where the fish are. The next thing we do is we use the right bait, right? There's all kinds of bait. There's grubs, there's crayfish. I think that's the extent of my knowledge. And um, I think there's worms or something. I don't know. Um, you have to use the right bait, right? Now, we've been in Golden for a little over three years now. And when I interviewed in Golden, I noticed something that just I couldn't get past. Okay? And it was that we had these very large, nasty, never-been-trimmed juniper bushes in front of our building. They were like 30 years old, and the root, roots went very, very deep. And when I came to that church, I knew in my mind, like, to me, it looked like the building had been abandoned. That's what it looked like from an outsider's perspective. And I knew in my mind that one of the first things was to get those juniper bushes gone. And so we have since then, you know the Nazarene churches, I mean, you know a good Nazarene church when they have the little brick sign in the front yard that has the letters you hang up, you know what I'm talking about? Gone. We got a new sign with a new logo. We, got, we did our landscaping in phases, you know, what we could afford, and now it looks beautiful and it looks inviting because we don't want to con people into Christ, but we want people to know that we care because if we don't care, they won't care. We want people to say, that looks like a place I want to be. So we're using bait. We got rid of the nasty juniper bushes. Okay? Don't tell my board I said that. But. And then the next thing we do, hold on here. We go at the right time. <clears throat> if you're a fisherman, what time of day do you usually go out? Early in the morning. Okay, another good reason not to be a fisherman, am I right? Because who wants to get up at four and go sit out in a boat for like six hours? You go, uh, <laughs> you guys, yeah, we want to, yeah, I got it. <laughs> you go when the fish are biting, right? How many times have you had the opportunity? for your life to intersect with someone else's along the way. Remember I said Mark's about the way? When you were riding the bus, or you were getting your coffee, or you were talking to another mom whose marriage is in trouble. That happened to me just last week. How many times has the timing been right, and you knew that this was the time for you to really start fishing? So we have to go where the fish are, we have to use the right bait, we have to go at the right time. But, but here's where we get to the scripture about the rich man, okay? I told you I'd get there. Because this is the truth about fishing. This is what I want you to know about fishing as you sit here and you aspire to be the missionary, the worship leader, the pastor, 
I want you to know that all of these things are important in fishing. It's important for us to show people we care. It's important for us to be present in our communities. All of those things are important. It's important for us to vacuum the carpet and clean the toilets and all of those things. It's important for us to invest in people. All of those things are important. But there's a truth that we need to understand. And that is that fishing is hard. You know, when I went to these websites and I looked at all these different things about the different kinds of bait I could use and where I should go and when I should go and all that stuff, after I fell asleep, um, I, uh, I read the very last point in that article. Patience is key. We are in an important business. We have a vital task. And there are days when fishing for men is very difficult. And there are times, if we are honest, that we will say we want to give up. And there are times, if we are honest, that we will say we wonder if it's worth it. And there are times, if we are honest, that we will say we feel alone. And if you haven't yet, give it time. Boy, you're going to have me back next year, right? I'm, I'm a real... I'm a real encourager. I said it was the truth about fishing. Fishing is hard. Fishing is time-consuming. The scripture says that the rich man came and fell at the feet of Jesus. Does that sound nonchalant to you? Does that sound casual to you? I can just see him in that crowd. You know, he's kind of doing this on the side of the road and he's looking through all the heads, looking for the chance to go and spend time with Jesus. And he falls at his feet. He's desperate. He wants answers. He needs hope. He's searching and he says, what must I do? And Jesus says, we'll do this. I got it. We'll do this. I got that one too. We'll do this. I got it. Okay, well, give everything you have to the poor. And the scripture says that the man went away sad. Do any of us really doubt whether or not Jesus was at the right place at the right time or using the right bait? The guy that was so in tune with the Father, do any of us doubt that he was prepared for that encounter? And that man still walked away. When given the opportunity to make a choice, he made the choice to walk away. And I think that makes fishing pretty hard. We don't know what happened to him after that. We don't know if he had another experience. We don't know if, if one of the disciples started getting in his face somewhere down the road and converted him. We don't know if he, was, if he was somewhere in the crowd at the foot of the cross. We don't know what happened to him. But we do know that at this moment when he says, surrender everything you have, the guy walks away sad. You and I know he did not have to walk away sad. Nobody does. But friends, in the Wesleyan tradition, we believe in something called free will. 
We believe that a person can get, be given the truth and they can walk away from that truth. Fishing is hard. There's, um, uh, you know, I pastor a small church. We have 40 to 60, closer to 40 most Sundays, I'll just be honest with you. And I want to grow. I, I'm, I'm just going to, I want to grow. I, who, who doesn't, right? And we've been casting our line, and we've been getting in the community, and we've been doing outreach, and we, you know, we can go down the list and, see, and make sure that we're doing everything right. There's a lady who came about a month ago with her two teenage sons, 16 and 17, had been involved in the church about 10 years ago until her husband committed suicide. Through an outreach we're doing, I got to know this girl's mom who is a Christian and faithfully attends church. And we started talking, and as a result, this girl came to church. And we were so excited, and they were so excited, and it was wonderful, and we just loved being here, and didn't see him again for a month. Found out from the mom that uh, her pajamas were really comfortable on Sunday mornings. Just couldn't quite get in the habit of going to church. They were there last Sunday. Don't know if I'll, they'll be there next Sunday or the Sunday after that. I mean, I'm calling. I'm taking her out for coffee. I'm, I, I'm following the list, guys. Fishing is hard. And the last thing that I want to leave you with, man, took a preaching class from Dan Boone in seminary. Dan Boone? Any Dan Boone fans? Okay, go get any book he's written. It's fabulous. He said, if you don't leave people with good news at the end of your message, then you've done something wrong. So let me give you some good news. The results are not up to us. You know the harder thing in this passage for me than that man walking away? Jesus led him. It doesn't say that Jesus tackled him. It doesn't say that Jesus tried to take him through the Roman road to salvation. It doesn't say that Jesus handed him a tract. It doesn't say that Jesus got in his face. It doesn't say that Jesus gave one more sales pitch. The man turned around and walked away, and Jesus let him walk away. Because Jesus had a very clear understanding that he was going to be where the fish were, and that he was going to be there at the right time, and that he was going to use the right bait, and that every single meeting that he had was going to be step-by-step step ordained by his Father, and that he could trust that. We don't know what God is doing in people's lives. If you are discouraged, if you say, man, I've been working with this person, they just keep falling backwards, trust that the Holy Spirit is there. Has the Holy Spirit ever worked in your life? The Holy Spirit can work in their life. In the Nazarene church, we have something called provenient grace. 
It's that grace that precedes salvation. It's that grace that compels. It's that grace that draws. It's that grace that leads. And we've all had a conversation with that person that says, man, you know, I'm a Christian now, but 10 years ago, I had a crisis in my life, and I can see how God used that to bring me here. Or, man, five years ago, I met that person, and they were just so nice, and I didn't know why they were nice, and I found out they were a Christian. I didn't really know what that was, but that brought me here. Now, let me tell you what the Lord's been saying to me personally as a pastor, okay? In my mind, our church is the end of that provenient grace. That is, they get led to us and they stop there and they stay there. But this is what God has been telling me. We may not be the end. We may be for someone that provenient grace. Someone may come and stand in our church and we may never see them again and that does not look good at district assembly. Okay, I'll just be honest. Since we're being honest, I'll tell you that. We may never see them again. And five years from now or five months from now, they will be standing in a church and they will be able to say, I remember that church in Golden, Colorado when I walked in and I was a stranger and people loved me. Is it okay with you if you are not the end of their journey? but you are a piece of it. And along the way, they get to know God's love and acceptance and freedom and salvation. Amen. The results are not up to us. The results are not up to you. Trust that the Holy Spirit, the same way the Holy Spirit worked in your life, He can work in theirs. Well, That is the truth about fishing. And I don't know if tonight, you know, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're discouraged. I don't know if you're... If you're feeling burnt out. But we're just going to close. We don't need any music. We're just going to close with a brief prayer time. And if, if you want to come up to these altars to pray about your fishing experience, they're open. Okay? So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds and then I'm going to pray. God, you have called us to do a task that we could never do. You have called us to carry burdens that we could never carry. You've called us to reach people that we could never reach. And I pray in this moment that you would remind us that it's up to you. That we do everything we're called to do. That we plan and prepare and pray. And we do all of those things. And then we trust 
that that person's heart is in your hands. And I pray tonight that as these students work hard and study hard, and many have jobs and families, I pray that they would sense an encouragement from you, an uplifting of their spirits, and that we would all be given a new vision, a new mission to go and fish for men. Lord, we are so privileged that we get to do this and that we get to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.